I want to go to Matthew chapter number 26. Can you turn your Bibles there? And um, if you don't have a Bible, then everybody that has a Bible, you're a real Bible, not on your phone, your iPhone. Just, um, I like to read the Bible still the hard way, the hard copy way. Um, and so for you that are here this morning, if you have a Bible that is hard copy, just, just do this if it's pages that we can just feel spiritual. Ah, uh, come on guys. The joy of the Lord is your strength. In Matthew chapter number 26, the Bible says the following. It's the anointing of Jesus. It says this. It says, And when Jesus was in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper, a woman came to him having an alabaster flask of very, very costly fragrant oil. And she poured it on his head as he sat at the table. And when the disciples saw it, they were indignant saying, Why this waste? For this fragrant oil might have been sold for so much more and given to the poor. Please note that. But when Jesus was aware of it, He said to them, Why do you trouble the woman? For she has done a good work for me. For you have the poor with you always, but me you do not have always. For in pouring this fragrant oil on my body, she did it for my burial. Assuredly I say to you, wherever this gospel is preached in all the world, what this woman has done for me will be told as a memorial for her. I want to read that again. The Bible says, And when Jesus was at Bethany, the house of Simon the leper, a woman came having an alabaster flask of very fra costly fragrant oil, and she poured it on his feet, as he, uh, on his head, as he sat at the table. Now, what happens here in the story is the lady that comes in, we know who it, who it is. It is Mary. Mary comes in. Jesus is sitting at the table. She's, he's sitting at the table. He's eating with a man called Simon. Simon is a Pharisee. Is of the religious sect and this lady comes in and we know that this lady is a is a sinner she we know that she's a prostitute but she comes in and she comes and she breaks her alabaster jar upon Jesus in other words she she has made up a mind that she wants the Lord she's made up a mind that she's after Jesus and Jesus only and she's made up a mind that it's not what Jesus can do just for her. She has come for the Lord. Can I say that again? She has come for the Lord. Because she understands when she receives Jesus or when she comes to Jesus, Jesus can change everything that is in her. In other words, this lady for a long period of time was applying an oil on the outside, but it couldn't fix that what was in the inside. May I say it again? She was applying an oil on the outside, but it was not an oil that can change who she was on the inside. And so Jesus carried an oil that could change her from the inside. May I be as bold to say to you this morning, there are too many Christians that are trying to apply the things on the outside, trying to fix the things on the outside. It's not going to work. The only transformation agent that there is, is Jesus Christ. And Jesus changes us from the inside out. It's not from the outside in. It's an inner transformation that leads to an outer reformation. You must say it again. It's an inner transformation. Jesus wants the heart. And He doesn't want some of your heart. He wants all of your heart. But here's the focus. 
Are you guys there? It must be about the Lord. It must not be what the Lord even can do for us. It must be about King Jesus. I want you to note this morning, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you're truly going to be a Christian, then, then we have to stop with messages of the seven steps to this and the seven steps to that or the seven simple steps to get to a blessing. No, we have to return to the gospel message where it says, take up your cross, die to self and come after me. The Bible that you and I have to preach, come on, let's give Jesus some praise. The Bible that you and I preach has to understand or we have to understand the gospel is a bloody thing. Can I say that again? The gospel is a bloody thing because it will cost you your life. The gospel that Jesus came to preach was a gospel where you have to take up your cross. You have to deny yourself. You have to die to yourself so that Christ can live in you and through you. I want you to understand that it's not hard for the, for the Holy Spirit to cast out the devil. That's the minor problem for him. Are you there? It's minor. I say it again. For a stronger kingdom to cast out a weaker kingdom is a minor thing. Because greater is he that's within me than he that's within this world. So to cast out demons is the easier task because we belong to the stronger kingdom. But the hardest task of the Holy Spirit is to get you dead and to get your flesh out of the way. I'll say it again. The demonic, the, the demons are not the biggest problem. The problem is your flesh. The problem is this peace that we are living in. Because people by nature don't like dying to themselves. We are alive to ourselves. But the Bible says, crucify the flesh. Crucify the lust of the flesh. Crucify the pride of life. Crucify it. Get it out of the way. Why? Because there's a power that wants to live in you. And His name is the Holy Spirit. The person of the Holy Spirit wants to come and dwell upon you, in you, and He wants to work through you. The Bible says in, in the book of Matthew, uh, chapter number 6, verse number 9, it says the following. It says, Our Father in heaven. Please note that. Our Father. I'll always want to say it like this. Please note the first word, our. It introduces us immediately to a family. May I say that again? Our Father introduces us immediately to family. I couldn't care how strong you are. You are not stronger than the power of the body of Christ united together. The body of Christ is the most powerful agent upon the earth because we have a spirit that lives inside of us. His name is the Holy Spirit. And we have a head that is on top of this body. May I just say, in this body, if this physical body, the elbow does not give instruction to the eye. The eye does not give instruction to the toe. It is the head that gives the instructions. If I cut off this head, the body will not have any direction. Come on guys, are you with me? Therefore, as Christians, we have to understand, we have to be connected to a body so that we can be connected to the head. Okay. In the last days, Hebrews chapter number 10, verse number 25, people will forsake the assembly of believers. Believing that they are the church, it is error. 
You need the body of Christ because each part of the body of Christ supplies to the, to the other part of the body. In other words, the elbow supplies to the hand. The hand supplies to the shoulder. We need this whole body to function. Come on, guys. If one part of the body hurts, all of the body hurts. If your, if your toe hurts, your body's going to hurt. Come on, are you okay? But we have to understand how dependent we are upon the head. We are deeply dependent upon Jesus. Without Jesus, this body is not going to function. He is the head of the church. He is the head of the universe. He is fully in charge. Come on guys, are you, are you well? And so what I'm trying to get across to you this morning, we, God's people, need to return to Him. We need to return to the simplicity of Jesus. What is the simplicity of Jesus? It is this, deny the flesh, take up your cross, die to yourself, come and follow me. That's the Scriptures. The Scriptures does not say, do these five things and you will live the blessed life. No, if you read your Bible, it's full of death. It's full of persecution. It's full of trials. It's full of suffering. Come on, are you there? However, in all of the above, He says, I make you the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. In all of these things, I make you more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. In all of these things, I've made you co-heirs with Christ in heavenly places. In all of these things, I positioned you in Christ. So our victory in this life is in Christ. It's about the Lord, it is unto the Lord, and it's for the Lord. There is no other way. Man cannot help you, but Jesus can transform you. Jesus can save you. Jesus can heal you. Jesus can deliver you. Jesus can do something with us. Come on, are you there? I say this all the time and I'll say this again. I can't do something for you. It has to be the Lord. Because I myself are in love of the Lord. Man cannot help you. It's Jesus that helps. Come on, I'll say that clear. Because if it's me that can uh, uh, do all the help, then I'm the Savior. But I'm not. He is. You need Jesus. Come on, are you there? And I was wondering this morning as I speak to you this morning, do we still have a people that are willing to break the alabaster jars on Jesus? Do we still have a people here this morning that says, Lord, I give you everything. Not just some part of my life. All of my life. Not just some part of my devotion. All of my devotion. Not just a area of my, of my heart. No, Lord, I give you all of it. Because the Lord did not come that we may pray a prayer and live like we want to. Say it again. The Lord did not pray a prayer. Want to, the Bible says God did not so love the world that you pray a prayer and think you're going to go to heaven. That's not what the Scripture says. The Bible says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him shall not perish, but inherit eternal life. Listen to me. 
It is not your knowing about Him. It is knowing Him. It is not enough to know about Him. You have to know Him. I can't be married for 18 years and just know about my wife. No, I need to know her, present tense. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing comes by the Word of the Lord. Hearing is a present tense thing. It means it's not what you've heard yesterday. What does He say today? Because none of you here live on yesterday's bread. Come on guys, are you there? We have received this amazing task to be hosts of the presence of the Lord. Through Jesus Christ, the Father gave us Jesus. Jesus gave us the Holy Spirit. And through the Holy Spirit, you and I have this awesome opportunity to host the Holy Spirit. Can you imagine that God loves you so much that He gives you Himself and now you can host Him? What does host mean? It means you can transform an atmosphere. You can shift things where you are just because you are a carrier of God. May I say, the Bible says, let your kingdom come, let your will be done as it is in heaven, let it be so on the earth. The Lord does not want you in heaven. He wants you on the earth. Why? Because He's in love of the earth. And because He's in love of the earth, He's in love of the people that dwell on the earth, that's you and I. And so how does He conquer this world through you and I? He needs to put people onto the earth that's full of Him. And because the people on the earth is full of Him, we can transform people around us and bring them back to the Father. Because your identity, your purpose is in Him. You will feel lost until you find the Father. Because He is the source, our Father in heaven. Hallowed be Thy name. Let Thy kingdom come. Let Thy will be done as it is in heaven. Let it be so on earth. And of course, we have to understand, if we want heaven to come here, that will mean we'll need to contend for that. Because we have an orphan running around that has been fired by God. His name is Satan. And he does not like heaven to come here. But your threat and my threat is not what the enemy does. It's what the Lord is doing and wants to do. Let me reword it. It's not about what the enemy does. He should not be the focus. Because if the enemy is the focus, it means he leads. I'll say it again. If we constantly worry about what the enemy is going to do, we make the enemy the leader. It's not about what the enemy is going to do. What does Jesus want to do? Come on, guys. There's a problem if we know more about demons and portals than Jesus and Beatitudes. I'll say that again. There's too much teaching on demons and portals than what there are on Jesus and His Beatitudes. We need to return the body of Christ to Jesus and to Beatitudes and to say, be hungry, be thirsty, be merciful, be kind, be compassionate. We are only as spiritual as what we are servants of God. I'll say that again. 
We are only as spiritual as long as your servant's towel is. You're not spiritual because you're gifted. It's a gift. That's why it's called a gift. Are you there? The problem is this. If we emphasize, listen to me, if we emphasize just the character of Christ and we don't emphasize the gift, what we tell people is that the gifts that they have is a reward. And we tell them that they have to be so that they can receive. Okay? It's, a, it's, it's close to the truth, but it's a little bit off. Rather, the Bible says you have been born right because you are born of an imperishable seed. You are a royal priesthood, right? So because you are born right, we need to teach you to live right. That is called equipping the saints. But you're already born right. Because you are born right, now you just need to live right. Come on, are you okay? But you don't need to live right to be born right. No, you are born right, then you live right. It's like this, let me explain it like this. I am born with a surname. I can't change how I've been born. I've been born a certain way. I am who I am. Come on, are you there? As you sit here this morning, you are who you are. You've been born right. The only thing that we need to teach you is how to live according to what is inside of you. As you sit here this morning, there's purpose that is inside of you. There's gifts that is inside of you. There's talents that is inside of you. There's a call that is inside of you. There's the anointing that is inside of you. There's purpose that is inside of you. All of that, God has locked it up inside of you. And the only thing that the devil tries to do is thwart it and make you confused of what is inside of you. And the purpose of the Holy Spirit is to take that out of you and transform you into the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. May I say, Jesus is the goal. Don't look like me, look like Jesus. Come on guys, are you with me? But the Bible says where your treasure is, there your heart's going to be. And God knows, let me say it again, where your treasure is, your heart's going to be. Where your treasure is, your heart's going to be. So for God to move you, He just needs to move your treasure. And so my question to you this morning is, is your heart still with the Lord? Is Jesus still your treasure? Come on. And it's easy to discover if Jesus is your treasure. And if your heart is still of the Lord, if your heart is with the Lord, we can listen how you talk. Because what is in the heart will come out of the mouth. Right? And if your heart is with the Lord, guess what? You're going to talk about the Lord the whole time. It's all going to be about God. You're going to talk Jesus the whole time. Why? He's in the heart. But as soon as gossip, slandering, backbiting, opinionation, criticism, all of these things start to exit your mouth. We know your heart has shifted. Come on. Are you there? God does not need Christians to be police unto, unto other Christians. He has His Spirit. The Bible says, all of us will appear in front of the judgment seat of Christ and nobody else will be there but you. And then we cannot say, and I said it yesterday to somebody, I said, you cannot say it's because of this person that you didn't follow the Lord. No, you follow the Lord and love your brother. 
But we have to return to Jesus. It starts of the Lord. It starts of the Lord. Empower, listen to me this morning. You have the greatest power of the Holy Spirit is upon your lives. You are, you are a, a transformation agent. You can do anything. Because the Bible says He gives His Spirit without measure. I'll just stay with me. If the Bible says that God did not place a measure of how much you can receive, why have we received just a measure? Why have we stopped at a certain place? If the Bible says He will give His Spirit and He didn't put a marker in of how much you can have of Him. Okay, let me, let me put this this way. The man that runs to Jesus is full of devils. The Bible calls him a legion of demons. A legion of demons is 6,824 devils. Okay? Now, 6,824 6, devils sounds like it's more than the average person will have. Right? Okay, it's quiet, but stay with me. You must not be impressed of how many demons are in a person. What you should be impressed with is how much capacity you have to carry God. There must be so much space within you that you can carry more of Him. That when you enter a room, the atmosphere shifts. When you enter an office, the atmosphere shifts. When you enter a conversation, the atmosphere shifts. Why? You are a carrier of a person. Silver and gold I do not have, but who I have. There's a difference. Silver and gold I do not have, but I have one that can snap that chain off, that can break you out of this cycle, that can remove this sickness pattern. I have one. His name is Jesus. And I'm a lover of Jesus. And I carry Jesus. And Jesus is going to set you free. And Jesus is going to heal you. And Jesus is going to restore you. Come on, we must be such carriers of God that we can say to people, listen, my money is not going to change your life. But what is going to change your life is He that I love and He that I'm devoted to and He that I'm for. He can change you. But where does it start? It starts with you. The Bible says that the Spirit of the Lord overshadowed Peter so much that his shadow healed people. His shadow healed people. The Bible then tells us that people started to realize that Peter's shadow heals. Come on, go read the Bible. Then the Bible says that the people started to lay people in the streets so that when Peter walks by, they can get healed. In other words, they established that there's a man that's full of the Spirit and wherever his shadow falls, is healing. So now think about this for a moment. They established about nine o'clock I'm just telling the story for the sake of emphasis. About nine o'clock, Peter is going to come. And we just need to get people in his shadow. 
And where every shadow is going to hit, the healing is going to be. Now listen, shadows don't heal people. It wasn't the shadow that healed. It was, was, was overshadowing Peter that healed. What was overshadowing Peter? The Spirit of the Lord. So here comes an ordinary man like you and I. He walks down the street, but he's a carrier. And because he's a carrier of the Holy Spirit, where he goes, you see, this is the difference. Please listen to me. All Christians are filled of the Holy Spirit. But not all Christians are carriers of the Holy Spirit. Because to carry Him means death for you. You have to die. How do you die? You die behind a closed closet, in prayer, in fasting, in supplication, unto a God that is unseen but that it rewards you openly. That's what the Bible says. That's why I say Christianity is not a, it's not a bloodless thing. It will cost you something. Woe unto them that preach to you that to follow Jesus will cost you nothing. No, to follow Jesus will cost you everything. It will cost you your comfort. It will cost you your life. It will cost you. Why? Because the master laid down his life. Whoever holds on to his life, the Bible says, will lose his life. But whoever gives up his life for my sake will inherit his life and life abundantly. Come on guys, are you okay? What am I saying to you? I'm saying to you, you, are, you can be a carrier of the Holy Spirit to such an extent that where you are, things shift because you're present. And it's not you that are present only, but listen. Adam decided to move on without God. God refused to move on without Adam. I'll say it again. Adam decided the day he sinned, he decided to break the relationship and to move on without God. It was God that came walking in the garden looking for Adam. Without God, we cannot but God, without us, don't want to. That's the mystery of the faith. He can make all of us slaves, but He doesn't do that. He makes all of you sons and daughters. Why? Because sons and daughters have an inheritance. Oh, come on guys, are you okay? Let me say this again. I want us to understand just two things and then I'm, I'm going to wrap it up. The Lord has to do something more with us. I said it yesterday to, while I was in prayer. I said, Lord, you have to do something greater in me. Because there are people coming to me 
and they can't leave being impressed with me. They must leave transformed with you. So do something greater in me so that when people come to me that they may encounter you. Come on church. May I provoke you this morning with this thought. May the Lord do something greater in you. And may you be willing to say to the Lord, Lord, do something greater with me that I may do, that you can do something greater through me. Come on, are you there? Second last thought I, I want to give you. I, I want to just understand this. Is that God doesn't just want to do something greater in us. But God wants to take us to a place where we fall in love again with the Lord. Let me reword myself. and I want, I want us to understand this. I cannot fall in love with Jesus because of what He can do for me. I must fall in love with Jesus because I'm purely, simply in love with Jesus. And because I'm in love with Jesus, He is a healer. He is a deliverer. He is a recompense. He is a strong tower. He's all of the above. But the reason why I seek Him is not because what He can do for me. The reason why I seek Him is because simply I seek Him. And so how do I earth this this morning that everybody can understand? It boils down to how you do your life every day. It's starting your day with the Lord. It's ending your day with the Lord. It's about not fitting Him into the day. It's about Him being the day. Because His mercy comes every morning. But it's about the Lord. And it's about returning to Him. And I want to encourage you and say this. The Holy Spirit can only back up the Word of the Lord. He's the revealer of Jesus. He's not a revealer of anything and anything else. He reveals Jesus. Come on guys, are you okay? And so I, I want us to have it impregnated in our spirits this morning. Listen to the scripture again. Because we often forget and I want us to, I want us to, to land well here. In Matthew chapter number 26, and Jesus was in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper. Please note that, Simon the leper. A woman came to him having an alabaster flask of very fr costly fragrant oil and she poured it on his head as he sat at the table. And then the Bible says they become indignant. Please note who is Simon. Simon the leper. In other words, Simon had leprosy. But somewhere, Simon got healed. Now somebody else comes in. They are, in, they are seeking healing. And Simon forgot what he's been saved from. And now he becomes a judge. And he says in his own heart, if this man was a prophet, 
He would know what type of woman is touching him. Jesus answered Simon with a parable. He says, Simon, if you owe me 50 denarii or a person owes 500 denarii and I forgive somebody the 500 and not the 50, who will love me the most? Simple answer. The one that's been forgiven much. Jesus answers. He says, you've answered correctly. They that has been forgiven much, love me much. I want to tell you this morning, listen to me church. You have to remind yourself of what He saved you from. Your passion is equal to how you understand what you've been saved from. If you lose your passion, you have forgotten your God. I'll say it again. If you lose your passion, you have forgotten your God. It is time to come back to our God and to understand what He has saved us from. He has saved you from your past. He has saved you from your sin. He has saved you from your enemies. He is a Savior. And we must remind ourselves that we must return to Him because He saved us. He didn't just save us. He delivered us. He didn't just deliver us. He healed us. He didn't just heal us. He secured our future. Oh, come on. And so why should we be in love with Him? Because He's the Savior. He's the healer. He's the deliverer. He's the soon coming King. It's almost ridiculous not to love Him. I'll close off with this. And I want us to respond this morning. The world is tired of Christians that looks like them. The world is tired. Jesus is tired of Christians that sit in churches, but they drink like the world, they curse like the world, they treat their wives like the world, they treat their husbands like the world. Jesus is tired of a Christian that looks like that. I tell you, He's tired of that because He did not come for us to live like the world. I'm sorry to say it is not biblical. Jesus is looking for a Christian that are picking up their cross, that gets out of their bed in the morning, that seeks Him with all of their heart and all that is in them. Jesus is looking for a people that are generous by nature, that are holy, pure, sanctified, placed different, positioned different, that has got a posture of their heart that say, Lord, without you, I'm nothing. Where are those Christians that position their heart and say, Lord, without you, I'm nothing. Church, we have returned, we have to return them. We have to return to a posture. Say, Lord, because it's quite arrogant to think we're getting away with it. No, you're not. You know what we are doing? You're just stealing your own purpose. You're stealing your own identity and you're frustrating the plans of God. And here's the sad thing. Here's the truth for 
Many Christians then say, but where are you, God? I'm here. Where are you, Lord? Why does my life not change? I've given you the Holy Spirit. Listen to Him. But Lord, why does my situation not change? Are you obedient, son? Obedience is better than sacrifice. Obedience will cost you something. It's not cheap. It will cost you you. You'll have to die to yourself. But let me be very clear. God doesn't need you in heaven. He wants you here. How do I know? He gave you a healing program for you to stay here. Are you with me? Listen to me, church. The world is looking for, for the answer. I want to tell you the, the truth from the close of this. The next 10 years in the world is going to be interesting because the world is going to grow darker and darker and darker. And simultaneously, the church is going to get brighter and brighter and brighter and purer and more powerful. But the way that God's going to do it is not of us becoming louder. The way that God's going to do it is of us becoming purer. How do you become pure? Simple. You have to be dipped in the blood. The blood changes things. Come on, give Jesus some praise. So what are you saying to us this morning, Paul? Are you saying we need to change? Yeah, I am saying that. But not by might. Not by your own effort. No, go to the Lord. He changes you. Like that. And it costs you nothing. It just costs you. Your pride, your flesh. Tuck it away. Chase after Him. I'll leave you with this thought. A lady spent all of her money. Everything. All of her money on doctors, people. Nobody could help. One day, here comes Jesus walking through the crowd. She made up her mind. She will lay down her life to get to Jesus. Because the lady with that issue of blood, she shouldn't have been in that crowd. She shouldn't have been close to the Lord. There's not a place. In actual fact, she, she, was, she was unclean. And so she had no place in the crowd. But she made up her mind, as if, if I touch him, I get to him, he's going to change it. And so she risks her life to get to Jesus. She grabs hold of Jesus. The Bible says instantaneously she gets healed. But yes, where, where I want to leave you with this, with, this, with this story in the Bible, which is a real life event. It is not the healing that is for me remarkable. What's remarkable for me out of the story is how Jesus responds to her. Jesus, after she got a healing, and by the way, the Jesus is so sensitive to the Holy Spirit that He knows when the Holy Spirit has left Him. 
who has worked through him because he stops grabs hold of him the spirit has moved he stops and he says something he says daughter please note he doesn't call her according to her sickness he says daughter your faith has healed you daughter what does he do he immediately includes her into his family why because he's not interested in just healing her he's interested in making a hole and by making a hole he understands he must introduce her to the family so he calls her according to her family name daughter I'm here to tell you he doesn't call you slaves he doesn't call you according to your sin he doesn't call you according to your past he doesn't call you according to your failures he doesn't call you according to your shortcomings people do that the God that I serve he doesn't do that he calls you son he calls you daughter oh hallelujah that's the God that we serve as I said last night to one of my spiritual sons I said him I said this to him I'll close of this I'm over my time I said it's not about the son that returned home it was the father waiting this story is not about the son coming back this story is about the goodness of the father church listen to me why is it that the world around us want to attribute so many evil so easily to God it's easy for us to say you know the Lord caused this and the Lord did that and the Lord did this and God caused them the hurricane and God caused this pain and God caused this sickness and God caused this no why can't we give him glory for the sun that's shining outside and say thank you to him for the cloud thank you for the breath that's in your body the clothes that's on your body the money that's in your bank account there's so much stuff that we must accredit him for but we don't because we often want to accredit to him the bad things I want to re I want to correct that this morning he's better than what you think it is the goodness of God not the wrath of God it's the goodness of God that leads you to repentance amen and so here's my challenge it is time for you and for me we get back to Jesus it's a simple gospel but we go back to the Lord because it's him that does the changes come on are you there I said to somebody uh, during this week I said when are you coming back to church I said no they need to sort out this still in the heart and that I just said just sort it out in church I said no they're waiting for the right time I said there's no right time come back to church why do you want to, what do you want to, what do you want to sort out no I want to sort out no 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 come back to church because the Bible tells us in the last days people will leave the church don't be foolish Jesus did not come for perfect people 
He came for the sick. Oh, I don't want to preach on that. The problem is we think we're sitting around perfect people. No. All of us here have feet of clay. We all have this one thing in common. All of us need the grace and the mercy of Jesus. You can sit this morning with your Gucci on, you need Jesus. You can sit with your Mr. Price on, you need Jesus. You can drive a Mercedes Benz, you need Jesus. You can drive your Tata, you're going to need Jesus. You can work at Mr. Price, you're going to need Jesus. You can work in the highest office of this country, you're going to need Jesus. I couldn't care. You're going to need the Lord. Find the Lord. Love for the Lord. He's the only thing worthy and the only person worthy to live for. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, give him some praise. I'm done. Just give him some proper praise. It's about the Lord. Amen. And this morning, I want to give you an opportunity. For many of you, you need to return to Jesus. You need to return back to that first love. You have to fall in love with Jesus. Can I say something to you? It's a rhetorical question, but can I? I was, just now I was in the United States and I went to visit some places and things and and in the one place that I was, I was at a conference for, for two days. And as I was in this conference, there was about 3,000 pastors, ministers. And in the one, one session, very specifically, in the one session, very specifically, and I want to I wanna just, I'm, I'm proving something here, so just listen. In the one session, the, the speaker said he wants, all the cameras are off. Chase the cameras, guys, out. He said, put off the cameras. All the cameras went <laughs> off. And the Spirit of the Lord asked the question, are we talking about, these are, these are leaders in, in leading churches, right? He says, the Spirit of the Lord is asking you, whoever you here want to quit the ministry because you find it too hard and you find yourself lonely. And I sat there with Pastor Brenton next to me. As we sat, the Spirit of the Lord started to move across the auditorium. We're talking about leaders, pastors. And about 70% of the pastors stood up. Said they don't want to have anything to do with church anymore. And the Spirit of the Lord started to work on them. People started to scream and cry and wail. And the Lord started to touch them. And heal them. And we prayed for many people. There's a point. If Satan can get that right, that leaders feel like that, then how much more of other people? That's why I'm here to tell you, you don't quit. You don't give up. You stand. If you've done everything to stand, stand there for. Because it doesn't matter what the enemy might bring, our agenda is not led by Him. 
We love the Lord. And our God is a lamb with a throne, with a crown upon His head. He is gentle. He is merciful. He is kind. He is compassionate. He is all-powerful. He is all-consuming. He is omniscient. He is omnipresent. He is ever-present. He's all the way with us. He's the God that is with you in the pain and in the sorrow, in the tears and in the gladness. He is God and He knows you by name and He loves you and He's so much for you. He counted the hair on your head and He will make sure, I'm telling you the truth this morning, He will make sure that you will finish this race and you will finish it strong. Why? You belong to Jesus. Oh, can I have somebody that shouts of me? Hallelujah! When I am weak, yet I am strong. When I am poor, yet I am rich. Let the weak say, I am strong. Come on, church, are you there? So the next time the devil comes your way, you remind him. There's a God that you serve. There's a Jesus that's on my side. Are you there? I know I preached long this morning. I'm so desperate for more of God. I said to the Lord Jesus yesterday, I said, Lord, please do more of me. You have to do more of me. Whatever it costs, I'll pay the price. I just want more. Trust me of more, Lord. Just trust me of more. And I want to make the invitation to you this morning. Can He trust you of more? Will you pay the price? Will you say Yes. That's you this morning. If you say, Lord, here am I. Use me. Listen, we're not going to be perfect. And you don't need to be. You just need to be willing. Amen. If that's you, jump to your feet. Before I pray for you, I want to tell you my heart this morning. Can I tell you my heart? When I was in the, in the States, I received various people prayed for me and I made, God made connections for us and, and I want you to know that this church is global. Um, but I had a very special time with, with Pastor Bill Johnson and he prayed for me and imparted to me and a lot of things happened. And I, I'm always of the one that if I've received something, I always want to give it. I always want to impart what somebody gives. And I want to ask you as a church this morning that you come to the evening service tonight. Tonight we're going to worship and I'm just going to lay hands. But I want to give to you what I receive. Because it changed me. Stuff deep inside of my heart. And I believe us as a church, we must be marked with Jesus. 
the world may know these people are truly lovers of Jesus. And that the world may look to us and say, where do you go to church? You can say, I'm going to empower church. So lift your hands to God. Will you do that tonight? You come. It's a free invitation. Will it cost you petrol money? Of course it will. Will it cost you that extra taxi fare? Of course it will. Will it, will it take your sleep, your Sundays? Of course it will. But it's better to come and say, Here am I, Lord. Follow me. I said to God, Lord, I will only give it away if the people are hungry. I will not give this away free because it's too holy. Lift your hands. Father, just pray with me. Say, Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. Father God, help me in this day to return to you, to return to Jesus. Lord, my desire is that you will use my life. Father, forgive me for moving away from my first love. I return this morning to you, the author, my Father, which art in heaven. Lord, trust me with more. Break me open this day and trust me with more. Lord Holy Spirit, don't just visit me. Come and abide with me. Jesus name there we are. I want you just to take that for a moment I want us to pray one more prayer say Heavenly Father I deny this world I want to pick up my cross and I want to follow after you but help me by your spirit I cannot do this in my own strength I need your help Lord Holy Spirit in Jesus name Amen and Amen come on give Jesus some praise